and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 12. And I have three spooky stories for you today. And story number one comes from Emma. I realise that most stories are of people who saw a shadow or something. I didn't see anything. But oh God, I felt it. It was summer in my hometown. I was working night shifts throughout the whole summer. I got home one morning after work and one of my dogs greeted me at the door as usual. He is used to follow me around the house all the time. So I reached the door of my room, opened it and made a step into the room with my dog behind me. As soon as I stepped inside the room, I felt that eerie feeling of someone watching me. I knew I wasn't alone in the room. Maybe I also need to point out that I lived with my parents at that time, but both of them were at work. So I was completely alone in the house. Or at least I thought I was. As soon as I felt the presence of someone or something else, my eyes were drawn to the top corner of my room. I could not see anything, but my whole body knew there was something over there in the corner. I thought, gee, you are going crazy, Emma. I made a couple more steps into the room and my dog followed me. He got on my bed, sat on the corner of the bed and immediately started staring at the exact same corner where I felt the presence. My dog was hypnotised. His eyes weren't moving away from the corner. He was quiet at first, then started growling and he was visibly scared. I tried calling his name. Mars! Mars, come here, boy! Nothing. He wasn't moving. He was so focused on whatever he was seeing. At this point, I got a bit worried too because I know dogs see shit that people can't. I felt overwhelmed with this weird emotion of anger, pain and weirdly love. I got the dog and went out of the room. This whole thing with the dog staring in the corner and me not feeling alone went on for at least two months. It was almost on a daily basis. I got used to it to the point where I got off work one day, went home, opened the bedroom door and said out loud like a crazy person, I know that you're here. I can feel you being here. I can feel you don't want to scare me or hurt me. You can stay as much as you like, but please don't show yourself to me and do not mess with us. The next evening around 10pm, I was ready to go to work. I was watching some YouTube on my laptop when I realised the battery was dying and I went to grab the charger so I could let it charge while I was at work. The thing is that one of my previous dogs had damaged the charger by biting on it. I was wondering when this charger was going to be lost forever. I guess that was that day because I tried charging the laptop a couple of times on different places in the room and nothing. The charger was completely dead. I was going to be late for work so I left the laptop closed with no battery left at all on my nightstand. I left the charger on the floor next to my bed. I couldn't stress enough that the charger was not put in the laptop or connected to the electricity. I went to work at 11pm. My parents were sleeping by the time I got off to work. On the next morning I went home, got into my room, said hi to my corner ghost and went to my laptop. I thought to myself... Let me try again to charge it, maybe it'll work this time. I wanted to watch something while falling asleep. I opened the laptop, connected the charger and tried to turn it on. It was completely dead last night and with a broken charger and I wasn't very hopeful it would work. But just then the laptop turned on. I thought the charger works again, put my password in and I just froze there. The charger didn't work. The laptop wasn't showing that little bolt icon on the battery when being charged, but my laptop had 100% battery life. I swear on my life I didn't leave it to charge, plus my charger was broken. 
I went to my parents immediately and asked if some of them had put my laptop to charge or maybe used it. No, both of my parents were asleep throughout the night. I was thinking even if they used it and forgot about it or something, how come the laptop and the charger is at the exact same spot I left them the previous night? I got white as paper. I returned to my room and got ready to have some sleep. I even jokingly said thank you to the ghost for charging my laptop. Most people are being scratched and touched or whatever. My ghost was charging my battery like it was taking care of me, knowing I would want to watch something when I got off work. I closed my window as it tends to get noisy during the day. Went to bed, started to fall asleep when I felt a cold breeze of air going through me. Again and again and again. As if someone was in bed with me trying to find the best position to sleep. There was no way that any kind of draft air was coming through the room. The window was closed, there was no AC, summers back home are not that hot. For the next two months that was my life on a daily basis. Being watched from the corner. My dog staring at the same spot every time he was in my room, cold breezes and so on. I wasn't scared of it, I knew it wasn't there to hurt me. I felt like it was there for itself, if that makes any sense. I felt like he was calm and relaxed being there with me. I call it a he now because I could sense it was a male energy, I was sure of it. At some point during this encounter, I was talking with my nail technician about what I felt. She is very empathic, she sees stuff and she alone has two different shadow figures in her apartment. I told her about my experience. She looked at me like she knew what I was talking about. I think at this point I should probably tell you something that you might think is not related to the story. My first boyfriend and I were together for four years. We had a very turbulent relationship, lots of fighting, lots of emotional heartbreak and an abortion, but we loved each other, like crazy, real love, you know? So after four years, we separated and lost touch for two years. Then we found each other again, just as friends. He told me he was sick, and it was something very serious that required him to travel to different countries for treatments. When he told me he was sick, it was three or four months before I started feeling this thing in my room. So we spoke every week, and I was always aware of where he was, how his treatment was going and so on. Until the beginning of the summer when I lost all contact with him. He wasn't answering, he wasn't calling, he wasn't even reading my messages. I got scared. I couldn't contact his family because he told me they didn't know about his sickness and even if this was true, I didn't want to be the one to tell his mom that her son was dying and keeping it a secret. It's not my place to do so. I got a hold of him after two months. The exact two months I was having this experience, he was unconscious in a hospital fighting for his life. So fast forward to my conversation with my nail technician. She said that she believed that his spirit or energy or whatever you want to call it came to me. She said he probably needed to feel loved and secure. He probably needed more energy, I don't know. But it makes some sense, doesn't it? I felt this thing for the exact amount of time he was unconscious. I wasn't afraid of it. I knew it wasn't there to hurt me. I almost even felt protected by this presence. I always thought that if something like this happened to me, I would be like, no thank you and move out of the house with only the clothes on my back. That's how scared I thought I would be. But this thing, whatever it was, wasn't there to harm me. It was there because of me. And it was there because he needed me. Those integral sort of gut feelings, those intuitive feelings that are just a part of you, are just so important for humans. I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds lately. (laughs) 
and there's an episode of Criminal Minds where they're standing around the grave and they think the suspect is going to show up at this funeral, right? And one of the profilers turns to the parent of the victim and says, you know, the, the, those hairs standing up on the back of your neck, you'll feel it when the suspect is here. You will intuitively know when he is here. You've just got to listen to those feelings. And look, if it's okay for the BAU, then it is, then it is good for us. And people have talked loads about weird things that have happened when they've been in a coma or weird things that have happened when they've had near-death experiences of like their souls or their spirit or their essence or whatever you want to call it leaving their body or them coming around from a coma and knowing things that maybe they shouldn't know or having experiences that don't really make sense so all that weird stuff happens and story number two comes from jordan I myself am not 100% on these events being paranormal, more like I don't know how to explain them. When I moved to Michigan from California in my junior year of high school, I didn't really know what to expect. I made friends with my now best friend, Maya. We spent most of the two years together until we both moved to different cities after graduation. During those two years, I spent almost every waking hour at her and her parents' house. Her house didn't really have too many rules and it was a nice change from my house where I couldn't even place my toothbrush where I wanted. During this time and especially in the summers we took up sitting on the roof of the patio outside of our bedroom window. Her parents didn't completely know that we did that and we probably would have gotten into trouble but we did it anyways. The first time we did that while I was looking at the sky which was particularly cloudy I saw a huge ball of light dash across it right above the clouds. It was not like lightning because there was no sound at all, and it was a ball rather than a crackle. I don't believe it was a plane because the light wasn't blinking. It was more like a ball of light with a tail like a meteor, but not as bright when close to the Earth's surface. My friend unfortunately didn't notice, because she was too busy playing music and scrolling through Tumblr. The second creepy thing I saw was a few weeks after this on another night when we were sitting on the roof. We were about to go back into the room, when I saw a black silhouette of what looked like an old woman with short curly hair and the only thing that wasn't black was the off-white glowing reflection of her glasses. I saw it for a few moments and when I went to double check to take a better look it was gone. I tried to climb back out the window to see if I could recreate the figure to try and explain it but it's kind of hard to when the spot you saw the figure in front of is a blank bright orange wall. Again it could have been nothing but it still creeped me out at the time. And the final thing that happened, I know happened because my friend's younger brother heard it too. My friend was at work and I was watching her brother until she got back and him and I were playing Minecraft together. We were trying to build a character from Adventure Time when out of nowhere he muted the TV. And before I could ask him what was up, I hear a voice humming and it was sort of raspy like when you have a lot of phlegm in your throat. And it went on for what felt like two minutes. Her brother started freaking out. So thinking fast, I cracked up laughing and said, oh, Maya's laptop must be playing music. He felt reassured, but I was not. And being the typical horror movie protagonist, I decided to go upstairs and double check. When I got to the top of the stairs and looked into Maya's bedroom, her radio was not plugged in and the laptop, which was the only other electronic in the room, had died the night before while we were watching a movie. So when I went up to the laptop just to double check, I confirmed it, everything was dead and or silent. I broke out into a cold sweat. None of these stories are really much to cry home about, 
but I still felt like sharing because I still think about them here and there and they still creep me out. And the final thing that happened is more explainable, but shook me to the core nonetheless. During the time I was going through a lot emotionally and I had started sleepwalking, even though I had not done that since I was a little kid. One night I was at Maya's house and I dreamed a shadow figure appeared in front of her bedroom door and I followed it all the way to the basement and into the school supplies tool room. And when I got there, the figure pointed out sketchbooks her mom had gotten a stack of. Her mom would buy school supplies and sketchbooks in bulk. And then after a few seconds, I came to holding a sketchbook. The part that shook me is I walked down to the ground floor of the house, through the kitchen and then down through the basement in the pitch dark, past all ten of her mom's cats. After I found a way to the light switch, I just turned on the TV in the basement and slept on the couch because I was too scared to wake everyone up by leaving the basement. I know the last one wasn't super ghostly, but it creeped me out. This story has everything. We have aliens. We have little, small, ghost, older women. We have haunted laptops. Again, weirdly, two stories in a row. That's very strange, isn't it? And finally, we have sleepwalking. I've been talking a lot about sleepwalking lately. Um, One of my nephews sleepwalks and he, uh, he woke up in his bed the other night um, screaming because he thought there was a hen in his bed completely convinced there was a chicken in his bed like freaked out was like get that hen out of my bed and his mom was like there's no hen in your bed and he was like there is a hen in my bed I know there's a hen in the bed get the hen out of the bed I just I like I love what the brain does I love what the brain does I say that while also simultaneously being petrified of what the brain can do and does on a regular basis Definitely the scariest thing about this story is like the wheezing, phlegmy, I hate that word, I hate the word phlegm, but that humming that was going on. Oh, I also realised as well that I had no idea of the popular references of, I mean, I kind of vaguely know what Minecraft is, like I know it's a game, Um, but I, (laughs) I thought, is it? Ooh, is it is it ooh from adventure time i thought that was like i was like that's probably a character or something no i just googled it it's the land of adventure time like it's it's a place it's a world i'm just gonna leave it in so i sound as stupid as possible but that whole that whole cultural reference passed me by and story number three comes from lisa i live in a small town in california In my town, we have one of the last 22 military posts from the Civil War. That town always had something bad or spooky going on. In this town, you can still hear the wailing of the soldiers and the explosions from the war. We live in a small house behind my aunt's house, and as children, we have always heard about ghost stories that my mom and my aunts would tell us that happened in Mexico. Growing up, I've always heard the adults talk about stories that would happen here in the houses, but I'd never experienced anything until I started high school. My sister and I believe that we were more of the ones to see the paranormal or stuff happening to us. There was one year where we both had a dream that our uncle had come to our dreams and said goodbye to us. And when we woke up, we looked at each other with odd faces. And I said to her, I had a weird dream. And she replied, so did I. As we started talking about our dreams, our mother walked into the room and said our grandma had called to let her know that my uncle from my father's side had died two hours ago. We looked at each other, and it made sense as to why we'd had that dream. It was so he could let us know that he was okay and no longer in pain. Fast forward a year later. 
My sister was in her senior year in high school and she had a boyfriend at that time and he wasn't so much of a believer in the paranormal. His mother had called him to say that she was outside waiting for him as she was picking him up from our house. We have this walkway to the front that's really spooky and we avoid it at all costs because we've seen stuff there. But because Jim is a non-believer, he went that way anyways. Ten minutes went by and we assumed he'd already left when my sister received a phone call from him with extremely heavy breathing. And we all ran outside thinking something must have happened to him. We found him at the corner of the street looking extremely pale. We asked what had happened and he said that when he was walking down the path to the front of the house he felt a tug on his leg and he assumed it was his plants so he kicked his leg out to remove whatever was tugging on his leg and he decided to look down and see what he said was a male ghost grabbing his leg like as if the ghost needed some sort of help. He said at that moment that he ran and ran and ran until he was sure he was out of our yard. And ever since that day he believes in ghosts. He came over again a few weeks later and he said that he was probably just scared of the pathway and made himself believe that he had seen something. He had stayed the night with my sister and had to wake up to go to work as he worked the weekends. As he was going out I heard what sounded like something being thrown in the house. And then he ran into my room with a pale face and woke me up and said, please walk me out, please. Something got thrown at me. And he wasn't lying. As we made our way to the front door, I saw what was a coin jar that was sitting on one of the planks from the laundry room was now close to the door. I didn't want to think too much of it, so I ignored it and went on with my day. Later that day, my older siblings came to visit my mom, and we were all sitting in the kitchen and chatting away, when suddenly my eldest sister went, what the heck was that? A glass jar was floating in the air and once we all looked it fell to the ground and broke. We all stayed silent and couldn't believe what we had seen. My mother always told us stories about stuff that has happened with her family so we would just joke and say that she brought the ghosts with her from wherever she picked them up from. My mom also told us a story about how my grandma from my dad's side played with a Ouija board and most of the predictions were said to have come true so far. One prediction said she would have six children and three were going to die six years apart. And did that happen? Yes, it did. So I guess you could say that we have bad luck in the paranormal world. Again, with the dreams about people dying at their point of death or before they've actually passed away. Is that a studyable thing? Like, can you study that scientifically? I don't think you would be able to. I don't know. I don't even know how you would study it really scientifically, to be honest. But... Either way, it seems to happen a lot. The really spooky thing about this story for me is the the glass jar that was just floating in the air and then dropped when everyone turned and looked at it. I don't, that seems like, to me, the most compelling bit of evidence. For everyone to have seen it, to turn and see something floating in the air and then it drops from mid-air. It's like, what was the ghost trying to steal it and then didn't <laughs> didn't manage to steal it or what well, I don't I don't know was it like oh shit I've been caught drop it run go thank you so much to Emma Jordan and Lisa for sending in your stories I just want to say that the first story I've also written down Irene or Irene 
as the name of the person who sent in the story, but they refer to themselves as Emma during the story. And then I couldn't find the original email, so I couldn't figure out which name it was meant to be. So I went with Emma because that's what they refer to themselves as in the story. If you are not an Emma and you now go by Irene or for whatever reason that that Emma is not your name, then I deeply apologise but I couldn't verify it either way. Uh, So thank you for sending in your stories. Thank you, obviously, for listening. If you would like to send in your story, you can send your story to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website com. If you are desperate for more spooky content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.